same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty pictures on the page but nothing ever stays the Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri, and uh, I'm going to say ahead of time, I'm sorry about this one, but I came up with it this morning and it's too good to let go. Oh, no. And with me... Why are you saying, oh, no? <laughs> and with me, as always, is the thing you just keep waiting for and waiting for, and then it's just... Not as good as it probably should have been. Oh, it's bear! Wow, <laughs> right? I Even was, I thought you were going to introduce me like that, and I was like, "No, that was super rude." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and with us as hey, always, I want you to remember season five where I was really nice to you. Yeah, was well, that worse? True. That I, I, it's hard to say. It did get creepy. <laughs> yeah, it got a little creepy. Um. Uh, we have the distinguished pleasure of having two very lovely ladies with us today, uh, and it is my pleasure to introduce, as always, the lovely and talented, the Baroness, uh, Ms. Jennifer Howland. Thank you, Baron. The White Widow. The White Widow. The White Widow. <laughs> <laughs> Jen the White, yes, that was me. Um, it's my distinct pleasure to introduce someone you might know as her alter ego, Professor L. Professor L. <laughs> From our sister show, Ret Conversations, Leah Cameron, thank you for joining us today. Hey, everybody. Uh-huh. I just want everybody to know who's listening that uh, this is not uh, some kind of nepotism thing. I actually claimed this episode back when the movie was announced and long before Ret Conversations was even born. So, it's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> no lies, uh, but it is... Very it is quite awesome to have the whole staff. Here. It is. Yeah. It's the right. whole. It's the whole board of Graphically yes. Novel LLC on this show. It's only happened what mm, once, twice before. Once well, once before when Leia was on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was on the right conversation. That was on the right yes. conversations yeah. at, at World War Hulk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but Leia, yes, absolutely. You were the one to lay claim to this. You are our, our, our Nat fan. Uh, <laughs> all things Black Widow are, are, are you. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm glad you could make it. And uh, we are, we are obviously here to talk about Black Widow and the movie. And we have two different comics to discuss. Uh, three of the four of us got around to reading the second one, but we've all read uh, Itsy Bitsy Spider. I just got through the sixth issue of right. the new one, but boy, howdy, I like it. Yeah. Oh, isn't it great? <laughs> it is. It's it beautiful, is too. So I love the yeah. art. Yeah. It's fantastic. So uh, let's, uh, yeah, let's start with, um, let's actually start with Itsy Bitsy Spider. So Itsy Bitsy Spider is one of them. That we're doing, which is the introduction of Yelena uh, Belova, mm-hmm. the White Widow, um, who is not yet the White Widow when she is introduced. She's right. still going, correct me if I'm wrong, Leia, but she's still going by Black Widow, yes. like for a while. Right. In that, yeah. in that, yeah. in that run, anyway. Through like, like yeah. four of those <clears throat> issues. Yeah, well, definitely <clears throat> that run. And then, uh, like later in the comics, there's a whole thing about who is the, you know, the real Black Widow and who can right. lay claim to the name. And eventually, she becomes the White Widow, um, which is in the second comic that we read. Uh, but uh, what did we think? Obviously, Leia, you had read it before. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, 
in uh, my studies. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> um, and actually, you suggested this one instead of, I think there was another one that was like one of the best stories um, for for Black Widow. Uh, but you chose this one because of Yelena? Yeah, yeah. The uh, Deadly Origin was the other one you suggested. And Deadly Origin, right. while, while good, uh, really had little to do with um, the movie itself. Um, it also, if I remember right... More. If I remember right, there were some problematic aspects to it. Is yeah, so that's um, a thing uh, that you'll find in her entire history. <laughs> is that that uh, a lot of times, especially in early days when she was written, um, wasn't super favorable. Like she was just kind of generic femme fatale, uh, you know, Russian spy, very Cold War type, um, you know, uh, like sexy assassin stuff. Um, and uh <clears throat> yeah deadly origin definitely has has a couple of those aspects in there too like for sure well all i have to say after reading itsy bitsy spider is that is a fantastic that would make a fantastic spy movie why didn't they make that a movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cuz that was awesome that was wasn't like approaching james <laughs> bond levels of awesome you've got the you know, Russian heads of state, the U.S. heads of state. I mean, it was, it had all of the Hollywood necessities for a spy movie. Mm -hmm. It did have Daredevil. Well, okay. Daredevil for a hot second. Right. But but another thing, well, anyway, put a pin in that because I have that as a whole other part that Jen and I discussed this morning that I want to go over. But Bear, what did you think? I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I, I wasn't one of my favorites, but it was, it was a good solid comic. And I totally agree with Jen. It's like, this is, this is what I wanted the comic for Atomic Blonde to be. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because yeah. the yeah, comic totally we read for there, Atomic yeah. Blonde was junk. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I would have, if but this would have been the comic. a good movie out of it. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, you put Charlize <laughs> Theron in there and it's hard to not make right. a good movie. Um, but, oh, well, then stay, stay tuned when Bear watches the Fast and Furious movies that have Charlize Theron in. Woohoo! Yeah. But, <laughs> um, stay, stay tuned for this This series comes with a three-drink minimum per movie. <laughs> <clears throat> and we're going to watch at least three in a row. Yay. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I was a fan as well. The thing that struck me also uh, is just how quick of a read it was like it was not i mean even for i think it's like 200 pages um i've had other comics that 200 pages just takes me no that was only like 70 pages oh was it yes it was 70 pages okay oh i've had other ones that are 70 pages that felt like 200 yeah uh (laughs) i was gonna say i I started to sweat because i was like wait a minute did I miss an entire like no, three books out of this you, series? You did not. Uh, no, no. It was just like I, I, I mostly was thinking of like seventy Phoenix. seventy pages of Alan Moore. Feels like <laughs> oh god, feels like the oh, Bible. Well, in that's Hebrew. because his text is like you almost need a magnifying glass yeah. to read it. Yeah, in in the panels. Yeah, and right. then he's got like twelve panels to a page, and there's a paragraph in every panel. Right. Well, and even oh, when so... action's happening, there's like a page worth of dialogue going yeah. along with the action. So, so yeah, like a, a Straczynski esque uh, mm. book. <laughs> because my God. <laughs> yeah. Or like, or like 
Tolkien, which I know a lot of people like <laughs> Tolkien, but my thing about Tolkien is he writes a gorgeous story about a beautiful forest, one leaf at a time. <laughs> uh, so anyway, getting getting back to one of the things that had been brought up, uh, Bear, when you mentioned Daredevil, um, I don't know if you remember, because this goes all the way back to our second episode. This goes all the way back to Jessica Jones. <laughs> but do you remember Jen asking about the term cape chaser? I don't. It was in reference to Luke Cage. Uh, Carol Danvers call like basically says that Luke Cage is a cape chaser. And the, the, the whole thing is because he just keeps dating other, other superheroes. superheroes. Black Widow is a cape chaser <laughs> due to her history. Uh, she has dated Daredevil. She's married to Alexi, uh, the, the Red Guardian. She's dated Bucky. She's dated Clint. Or is it yeah. just been a, okay? Yeah, she's dated Clint. Um, I'm sure somewhere in there with Steve. <laughs> I mean, I think they, yeah, I think they did have a, a brief flirtation. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. I, it was very, very brief. Whereas Luke Cage was kind of the hero to plug in to get into somebody else's comic because, like, oh, he's dating them now. So he's always showing up in this team book or whatever. Black Widow <laughs> is the opposite, like the, the female version of that. Because she was dating everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. She she dated she she dated quite a quite a few folks. That's for sure. Well, and there's a there's a famous panel that is passed around now. That's from the I want to say the 70s. I may be wrong on that. Of Daredevil, no, you're completely correct. Daredevil slapping her ass and telling her to go get him a sandwich. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. I'm that was picturing that with them picturing that with our current <clears throat> you know Netflix Daredevil. And, uh, and Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, Johansson and just watching the fight that ensues after that. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty epic. <laughs> well, it would be good. So as we go into the Black Widow movie, I also wanted to talk about kind of the MCU history of Nat because, hey, we have the perfect person for it. Um, <laughs> the ups and downs. But B, um, I have recently watched like all of the MCU movies again. And that's not a great character in most of them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like in, the, the, in Iron Man 2, when she makes her first appearance, she is pretty much, um, they, they pulled that character from the 70s version, like straight up. Tony literally says, I want one. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they were just like, oh yeah, let's like objectify, you know, this, this, uh, sexy russian spy or whatever and it's like it's very much um i can't even say it was a product of its time it was a product they they took a character that was a product of its time didn't update it at all and threw it in the mcu and it did not go well sure yeah so that's that's iron man 2 which i don't know how long it's been since you guys watched iron oh, man Jesus. 2 but there's a lot of problematic aspects of iron man 2 <laughs> there's, yeah is that uh, the one where he goes off and no that's three yeah. yeah, that that's yeah. the one where he's suffering from the PTSD right, of Avengers. Right, yeah. No, two is when he gets drunk and starts just using his blasters willy nilly in the middle of a party. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and one. The, yeah. and uh, we've got what's his name uh, with the whips. Yeah, Whiplash. Oh. Yeah. Uh, how, and how did I not remember that name? She next shows <laughs> up. She next shows up in Avengers, where she does nothing, nothing the entire movie. Like she gets chased by Hulk at one point, and that's her big scene. Yeah, and so like well, she I goes just, and recruits him. 
She yeah, she does is, recruit him. You know, typical spy shit, and he's you know he's got her pegged from the moment that he walks into the building. Yeah. Right. And the thing that kills me is is that some people uh, use that scene as a justification for you can tell that they were immediately in love when uh, when that first scene happens, and I was like, Houseway, how? Um, <laughs> um, yeah. The, yeah, I want to. No, I want I want you to explain these. I want to see somebody that says that, and I want them to explain them to themselves. Uh, because he didn't rip her limb from limb? Because right. she didn't shoot him in the face? Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that's love, Bear. That's, that's love. Apparently. Um, well, anybody, I mean, anybody who's talked to me for more than 20 minutes knows that I absolutely hate Age of Ultron. Yes. Um, I will Which, tell people in, in the grocery store line that I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, um, we will get to that in a second because that's the next one up. But the one thing that we do get a glimpse of Nat in Avengers is her scene with Loki where she yeah. tricks Loki into revealing his plan. Right. Um, that's kind of her starring moment right. in that. Um, which is great. And it does, you know, kind of uh, give us you know, kind of a view into how she manipulates people. Same with the the beginning scene where they call her in. Right. Um, you know, uh, but yes, then we get to Age of Ultron, which mm. uh, I will cede the floor for the rant that is coming. <laughs> I want to hear this. I haven't gotten just, to hear this yet. Everybody's just acting wildly out of character from the first minute of the film, and it never stops. Um, I think the only person who wasn't really acting wildly out of character was Clint. Um, but that's neither here nor there. That's for a totally different episode of the podcast. Um, but, uh, the weird flirtation between Black Widow and Hulk was so awful. Um, and Joss Whedon did what, uh, I can't stand when writers do is like, well, we, we have a solo female, so we got to pair her up with somebody. Um, and they, it's like they pulled names, put names into a hat and pulled, you know, Hulk's name out of it. It was like, she's in love with Hulk. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, and if you have to inform your audience constantly that, as you know, these two characters are deeply in love, despite us never showing that at any point in the previous films, uh, that's terrible writing, first off. Um, and it's terrible characterization, second off. So, um, yeah, her treatment in that was completely bonkers. Like, she became this helpless, you know, oh, I'm just a helpless female. Like, I'm I'm being trapped by this mean robot. Like, somebody come help me. Like, it was very weird. Very weird all around. FYI, I can't have kids, and so this is now going to utterly destroy me. Yeah, very strange. And, like, I don't know why that was in there at all like and it, it it does make a recurrence in the most recent film briefly but like why what 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 does this have to do with anything like, yeah well I, I, i'm also going to to when we get there i have a note here to make sure <laughs> to mention the different ways that nat and yelena deal with that information <laughs> yeah <laughs> um one of the things that you pointed out though i i, I want to I'm not I'm not defending Whedon at all in this statement, um, <clears throat> but I think it's honestly probably has as much to do with uh, the Hulk as it does with um, with Black Widow herself. Is that any time that you see the Hulk in in the movies, except until we get to like Endgame, he almost always has like Banner has some kind of romantic interest. Sure. And I think that was probably the easiest thing to do. I think that's part of the reason why Whedon did it. I think the main reason Whedon did it, you're absolutely right, is he's, you know, 
you know, women women can't be autonomous at all. They have to be paired up with somebody. That's just the way it works in his mind. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I think those. I think that probably kind of helped feed him to it because, like I said, all 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 the other movies that you see Hulk in up until we get to Endgame, you know, until the last two Avengers, Avengers is he's always got a romantic interest somewhere. Yeah, I think it was just a case of like we don't know what to do with these two characters, so let's give them a romantic subplot. Like, mm. like neither of them had quite enough to do in the movie, so they were like, let's just do this. And it, boy, did that not work out. I was not <laughs> happy about that. Yeah, it was real fucking awkward. Yeah, especially because, and again, like this is maybe I'm just too much of a purist, but there was never any comic book precedent for that. It never happened. It's yeah. not a thing. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> not and even close. Yeah, and also that is really her only job in all of Age of Ultron is tending yeah. to to tending banner. to banner him. That's it. Yeah. Uh yeah. and getting kidnapped. And getting kidnapped. Right. <laughs> Who could forget? <laughs> uh so then we get a lot around to Civil War, which admittedly Oh, you skipped one. Which one did I skip? Winter Soldier. Oh, yes, you're right. You're right. That's Winter a Soldier. big one. Yeah, it is that's the big, big one, one because that's her... That's where she actually starts to take uh, more of a, a role and more of a lead. Interestingly enough, also the point where Scarlett Johansson uh, is more involved in being a producer on most right. of those uh, those films. Um, but yes, you're <laughs> right. This is also the first time that she starts to like have any sort of personality or sense yep. of humor. Yep. This um, is when she becomes a person. <laughs> right. Um which even then is still, it's not a fully developed sense of humor. I mean, it's more like a just really sarcastic, wry sense of humor, but not, she's still very stoic in most scenes. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's very, that's, that's very Russian um, in yeah. culture, um, which I can appreciate. I, I was like, okay, I kind of get this. Mm -hmm. Like I have, uh, you know, had a couple like genuinely like Russian friends and that's just kind of how they act. <laughs> like you always think they're pissed off but they're not right um, <laughs> but um but yeah no i liked this one like it showcased her friendship with steve it showed that she is capable of like being friends you know joking around um being human you know and and that right. in a lot of both comic books and in the mcu depictions of her previous to that point like it her characterization sometimes was like non-existent um so that that one just it pleased me to no end to see her in a deuteragonist role um and being a you know at least a a much more fleshed out version of the character for sure well and and arguably i would say it's the high point of her character in in all of the mcu uh, sure, sure. going through because then we have civil war which again she's still there and still making a presence she's the person that flips um, at a critical moment, but I don't think her devotion to, well, her devotion to S.H.I.E.L.D. would have been a good motivation had S.H.I.E.L.D. still existed at that point. Right, um, right. And it seems like her decision to go with Tony initially just is not fleshed out very well. Right, and it's weird because, um, see, see our red conversations on Civil War One. Um <laughs> yes. In the, she in basically had the Spider-Man role from the comic. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Like it was, uh, she um, in you know in the comic book for, of Civil War, she took Tony's side for completely different reasons. Um, 
but I think they decided to just keep with that. They're like, oh yeah, she was on Tony's side in the comic book. Let's put her here, even though the character in the MCU doesn't really belong on that side. I feel like right. they had to like throw her in just to make the sides a little bit more even. As no, the, I agree. I yeah. completely agree because I think if she were on the other side, it would have been a completely different story. Right, yeah. but you, you, it's it's also a lot of set pieces, right? Like you got to have her and Clint on opposite sides to have their moments because yeah. they are, you know, while they are not a romantic couple, they have a very strong relationship, mm-hmm. which shout out I will say the credit that I will give is to the relationship of uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye in the MCU for having a a platonic relationship that's that is that close, that's yeah. that close yeah. and never really goes is is even hinted at becoming romantic and is very spot on. Like his kids know her. Well, but right. back up a little bit because I didn't know anything about the comics, anything about what was supposed to be happening in the MCU. And when I saw them being like, they weren't being flirty, but Mm. they were being very genuine with each other. And I'm like, did I miss something? Are they in a relationship? And it wasn't until they start talking about his family that it's clear that they are just very dear friends. Yes. Well, partners also. And then you really get that, as we'll get to in Black Widow, where it really susses out without him even showing up. Clint is a character in Black Widow. Yes. His presence is always kind of there, which is really cool. Really awesome Mm -hmm. way to do it. Um, Especially since, you know, Jeremy Renner was having issues around the time that that Black Widow was coming out. Was he doing renovations? He was not. He was was getting me too. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. so he should have been doing renovations. He should have been doing renovations, <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Uh, jokes that nobody else will get. Uh, <laughs> hey, there are at least two other people who will get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Civil War was weird. Um, obviously, Black Widow takes place between Civil War and Infinity uh, War. Uh, but- no, between Infinity War and Endgame. Is it? I thought it was just yeah. after... Because that's when Ross comes after her for violating the Sokovia Accords. That's that's yeah. why... The Sokovia Accords still exist, even though the world's been snapped. That didn't change. Interesting. I I could have sworn that it was just after... No, because she says, I have friends in jail, I have to go get them out. Yes. At the very end. Friends in jail. Yeah. Yes. She's the when one she, that breaks out when she goes to get the Quin. When she after he, she gets she, she gets her Quinjet. Right. She goes to help Steve break uh, the other three out of uh, out of the raft. Why am I blanking here? I am totally blanking. Yeah, the very end of of Black Widow. She uh, the the dude that she has been having a, a business relationship with that she finally calls a friend gets her a Quinjet. And she's talking about family, and she says, I have... I have well, two of them now. I have to go and help put together my family, and I have to get some people out of out of prison, basically jail. Uh, Hang on, they're I'm on gonna the Google this. I'm not saying that I disbelieve you, but... <laughs> no, I understand. I, I, I'm... Please, please play some hold music while I'm doing this, because... <laughs> well, if we just all stay silent, then I can just edit the silence out. But why would we ever do something like that for you? It would just be too easy. <laughs> It's because the introduction, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. A <laughs> little bit, yeah. Baby. 
I don't know whatever would make you think otherwise. <laughs> oh, no, you're right, and I'm wrong. I don't know why. Uh, oh, don't say that too loud okay. in front of him. Don't don't say that too loud in front of him. <laughs> whatever, it's being recorded. I can go yeah. listen to it over and over and over again. That's, that's true. That's true. You can just edit out the part where I, where I was wrong. Uh <laughs> No, you're completely right. No, you're that that uh, that, that that I was I was thinking of something completely different. Um, yeah, so so yeah, so we have Infinity War and we have uh, Endgame, where I mean it's a gigantic ensemble, so I understand. And yeah. the the two things really it's it's her death and the fallout from her death that means you know a lot more. Um, yeah. In that. And then, of course, her death means a bunch, and then is overshadowed almost immediately by Tony. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so. It was just such a footnote. It was they did they did my girl such a disservice. Like yep. they did a dirty. Yeah, they they just it was like, oh, Nat's dead. Oh, everybody's kind of mad about that for fifteen seconds, but also Tony's dead. So let's go throw him a lavish funeral and with you know, absolutely everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and no mention and, of of Nat at that funeral either. Yeah. No, nothing. Not at all. It wasn't no, like in our, fact, t- our two fallen friends. It's just no. Tony, Tony, Tony. Right. Well, then afterwards, there was just like the, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tried to bring her back. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then we get to Black Widow, which um, I'm going to start this off by saying something that I said to Bear the other night. It's a little controversial, but I watched it for the first time. Uh. You know, with you, Leia, you and some yeah. friends from Chicago were here, and we sat down and watched it. And it was, it ended up being kind of disappointing. Uh, when we got done with it, we were like, okay, well, that was that. Um, for several different reasons. Sure. I enjoyed it more the second time, but at the same time, I don't feel I ever need to watch it again after the second time. Because I found my joy, and my joy is Florence Pugh. <laughs> as Elena just being the greatest part of that movie. Uh, but that's kind of it. Like, I know I'm going to get more Yelena. I really don't feel that the story was Nat's. I think it was Yelena's story. Yeah. Uh, sure. Using Nat as a, as a backdrop for what we knew. Um, but uh, I, I'm curious if you have watched it past that first time and, and if your feelings have changed. So um, I I actually have not. I only watched the one time because I don't think it's uh, available for free on Disney Plus yet. Still, it so. is now. Yeah, it oh, is it is now. now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I remember it pretty well. Um, and so you know, initially, as you know, I was very very hyped for this film because finally, finally, fucking finally, we are getting a Black Widow movie after decades of um, you know, girls don't, uh, market well and girls, superheroes toys don't sell. So that's why we're not making, uh, any female leads, that kind of thing. Um, right. And then, then a fantastic wonder woman movie and a mediocre wonder woman movie and captain Marvel, uh, and then birds of prey and you got, you know, yes. Right. Right. And, and so we get this film finally, um, in this film, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the film. Um, you know, I definitely I definitely had a good time while watching it. Um, it wasn't a bad movie. Right. Um, it was not Thor the Dark World. 
No, no, it wasn't no. Age of Ultron. <laughs> it wasn't Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I agree um, it was it was okay, but it could have been so much better, and they fucking made us wait for so long that it should have been. That's, oh, yeah, so no. that, that I was just yeah. going to get to that part of the, like, this would have been a great film to release immediately after Civil War. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was an afterthought that was tacked on after I don't even know how many movies came in between civil war and this one, but several films, um, it what ended up happening is that the impact of the movie was literally zero. It had no, no stakes impact in the greater MCU whatsoever. Right. Um, because the character's already dead. She's not coming back. We know there's not going to be a black widow too, or if there is, it's going to be starring, um, Yelena and yeah. not her. Um, it didn't really go into this wasn't an origin story for her, even though it wanted to be. Yeah. Um, it didn't really go too deeply into um, you know, her training and her, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it touched on it, sure, but it really, you know, if it was gonna be a prequel, why not go all the way and do that? Or, you know, um, have it have some kind of relevance for when it was released you know that that's the part that uh that i really didn't care for was the fact that like it it was a it was a good movie but if you watch it if you watch the films in order you know of release date rather than uh timeline wise it doesn't matter it has no impact yeah it was um i agree with you about the stakes and i i also agree it would have been a great movie if it wasn't a black widow movie like, you know, the whole idea, you change a few things just to make it a little more generic or, or explain a little bit more of the background. And it would have been a great spy, you know, kind of thriller, summer sure. blockbuster movie. But yeah, it, it again, it seemed like, oh, what, what shit do we have sitting on the shelf at Disney that we could throw out during a pandemic to keep people fucking happy? Yeah. Well, even, I mean, even prior to that, when the movie was announced to be in development, that was pre-pandemic and it still had, would have had little impact because they announced it, if I remember correctly, and I could be incorrect here too, but I I feel like they announced that the movie was in production um, after uh, Infinity War started production. I believe that's right. Yeah. Like they already knew where they were going with this character. So like, why, why bother? (laughs) Yeah. You know, like. Give her, you know, I would have actually been really thrilled with um, her having her own Disney Plus series instead of a movie. My thought on that has been instead of the, what, six, eight episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, I believe there were six. Up it by four to to a good 10 episode arc. Add in the stuff from Black Widow. Add in the introduction. Um you know, of Yelena, um, as, as you're following Yelena and then use the Black Widow movies kind of flashbacks of, and piecing together, you know, do it like it should have been from the beginning, put the focus on Yelena. This is the last time you're going to see Scarlett Johansson as Natalie. We're going to fill in the cracks. You know, you won't feel like, okay, well, that was a big nothing because it's still introducing new plot and that's what i feel like black widow the stakes that that it has is the introduction of yelena and that's really it you know we already yeah, knew the, about the red room uh we you know we the movie but not in not in the movies 
I mean, well, we didn't know that much. A bit in uh, in Age of Ultron. Um, yeah, but not. I mean, not to that yeah. extent. No, yeah. no. Um, but keep in mind that according to the story, the Red Room has been gone, and then Black Widow is where they reintroduce it and say, "No, it was really here the whole time." You know, you could just introduce Rogue, new newly freed widows. You know, as something that Yelena is dealing with that. Bucky and uh, and Sam run into as part of this whole thing. Maybe a couple of the widows were working with the uh, flag smashers. Well, it would have made perfect sense actually to do it that way, and here's why. Um, especially in terms of if you're going to throw in uh, Sam and Buck, um, there's also a Winter Soldier program that correlates with the right uh, with the Black Widow program. And if you want to really get a hardcore nerd about it, that traces all the way back to the Leviathan program, which is introduced in Agent Carter. They had a lot of stuff that they could have worked with in terms of just Red Room and Winter Soldier program. Everything that was going on with those two things, um, they had a rich amount of, of material to work with just on that alone. Like, I would have loved to see a movie that showed how the Leviathan program became the uh, the Red Room program and the Winter Soldier program, like that was already in development, but in, you know, in the 40s, post-war, uh, po- post-World War II, that would have been so cool. And it would have also given me an opportunity to see the one thing, the one thing that I asked for the minute I saw Black Widow in Iron Man 2, show her with Bucky. <laughs> well, yeah. And that that's that's also the thing, like in my in my, you know, because I'm a wrestling fan, so fantasy booking is just the thing that we do. Uh <laughs> is uh for the first four episodes, Bucky and Sam do not meet Yelena. Yelena is a totally other character with a totally other uh, separate storyline that you're like, okay, what's going on? And you're slowly introducing. Bucky is tracking down the the Winter Soldier program which has something to do with the Flag Smashers, you know, work that into the Super Soldier Serum thing uh, that they're doing. And Yelena's actually tracking down the remnants of the Red Room. Um, and then they meet at, like, Episode 5, because they've tracked it back to the Leviathan program. Mm. So yeah, that's that when they meet. Cool. And then you get some flashbacks from, from Bucky and his time with Nat, and you get Yelena and her story with Nat, you know, and yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I just I wanted that comic. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I just wanted that comic book arc where Bucky trains Natasha. That's all I wanted. I just yeah. wanted to see that, like the romantic shit. Um, of course, I would have wanted to see that too. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, right, but because <laughs> um, it was so important. You're not a monster. I know. I it was so important for both those characters, especially when Bucky was Bucky Cap, which is where I thought they were gonna go until they didn't. Um, and uh and i was like well they have to be together because she is such an important part of him being bucky cap that like she has to be present for that and of course they didn't go that route Mm -hmm. um (laughs) well okay so um we've talked about uh nat extensively we've talked a little bit about yelena but um i liked david harbour oh my god (laughs) um as the red guardian i thought i thought it was amusing um I agree. Did he really need to be in it, though? You know, the only thing I can think of is to why he needed to be there. So the complete alteration of his origin as well was also yes. a little jarring. Right, which yes. Jen was reading the newer Red uh, Black Widow like, comic. But wait, what? Yeah, and she was like, <laughs> wait, 
she's married to Alexi. I'm like, yeah, he was not her surrogate father. He, she was married, is still married to him in the comics because they never got. Yeah, continue, Leia, because I have a little bit of a rant about that. (laughs) (laughs) So in the comics, uh, Alexi Shostakov, yes, was was married to Natasha, um, but that was more of a um, state-sanctioned order rather than a romantic relationship. Like, they were not in love. Uh, They were married because the Red Room said that they had to be, and that's how that worked out. Um, So. I am glad on one hand that we did not see a weird forced marriage plot going on in the yeah. Black Widow film or in the MCU at large. Like that's, we didn't really need to do that. And that's good that we didn't. Chemical <laughs> gaslighting is really enough. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, so, so that's fine. Um, I did enjoy him as the red guardian. Yeah. Um, for sure. Like he chewed every single set piece that he was in. Like, he sure yeah. did. Yes, he did. <laughs> No, he was a fucking film termite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is great. I mean, David Harbour's just fantastic at that. And it's why the this show will go on record as, as supporting him as Hellboy. Uh, still, we will not compare him to Ron Perlman. No, but he we was will a not. damn good Hellboy. He really was. Yeah. He was a good Hellboy. He, we, we will not compare. No, right. That's but, not fair. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and especially towards the end when, like, they're like, you have nothing to say. And he's like, I just screw it up. Like, he knows he's a fuck up. Yeah. Uh, and that's really endearing to have somebody that in their character arc just kind of, you know, he knows he's all bravado and everything. And he lets that that down just at the very end, just for a little bit, just to show that, yeah, I know. Um, but what are you going to do? Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. This is This is who I've been made into. So do I walk away from this and be absolutely nothing? Or do I continue this farce right. and be this thing? Right. But I guess Still other than to have him in there, you know, other than to have Crimson Dynamo yeah. in there and Comic Relief, which also Florence Pugh was adding a lot of, mm-hmm. what was his purpose, I guess, in the movie? Like, why... Well, I think that it... it I it, think that fed... I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I think that it further explained, like, the whole dynamic of the state-sanctioned or state-created family. Okay. You know, so yeah. it was... He was a necessary part, and to understand the importance of the other parts, he had to be something, not just generic Russian man who posed as the dad in this family. Yeah. I also do have a stake. I also do think it harkens back to um, some of the, uh, or it's a nod to some of the, the cold war spy stuff that was going down, like Mm -hmm. at the time, um, you know, planting these uh, families, essentially that were really spies, you know, in, in different locations, you know, in the U S and things like that. um, Because appearing to be a family kind of puts them a little bit above suspicion. You know, it's one thing to be a solo person who, you know, never is home and always has the lights off and stuff like that. But if you have just a normal suburban family, well, what's, you know, what, what could, what could possibly be going on with that? Um, You know, a lot of people said that, and I've never watched it, but a lot of people said that um, the original, like the the first 20 minutes could have been lifted from uh, that series, the Americans. Yeah. Which I haven't watched, but yeah, this actually did make me more interested in those kind of stories. Like, sure. I might yeah. watch The Americans just because I've watched Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, I think 
part of his part of his re, uh, the other part of his reason for being there. I, I agree with everything everybody said so far, but I think the other part is I think it's just a tad bit more shallow on top of that because I don't think that we can have. Um, I think he exists partially to be part of her origin story, which they're really just nodding to. They're not really doing right. a full on origin story, and the, you can't have someone as amazing and brilliant as the Black Widow be the child or even surrogate child of just a Russian dude. Like, it has to be somebody bigger than that. It has to be somebody more than that. So you're hearkening back to Rey and Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I completely agree. I feel like that there is that entire, you know, quote, unquote, air quote, family unit. Right. Each of them... Do not talk back to your mother. ...are spectacular. (laughs) Like, each of them have a great deal of importance to the Russian state yeah. and the Russian state's plans. And the, the fact that they were all put together is that I think the Russian state recognized that just putting some three-year-old kid in this family is not going to work mm. and it's not going to achieve what they're looking to achieve. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. So uh, rounding out the family then, uh, let's take a section. Uh, let's talk about Rachel Wheats. How uh, do you not love her? Who? Yeah. Well, I have some issues with the character, not the actress. The actress was spot on. Yes. Um, but as the Iron Widow, I do question you have devoted at this point what twenty some years of your life more, plus more. Yeah. Well, twenty years since things. Ha- well, more than twenty years since things have happened. You know. Your surrogate family comes back and all of a sudden you're like, I'm on your side with really no justification at all. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that was just scenes on the cutting room floor. I think that they attempted to show that she did have maternal feelings for, you you know, for the two girls Mm -hmm. um, in that scene where she basically showed how fucking scary she was by... Saying, okay, the pig, you're going to come in here. We love you, pig. Okay, stop breathing. Yeah. Oh, he would have lasted yeah. a whole, you know, 17 more seconds before he suffered right. brain damage from not breathing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... I I wanted to see more from Iron Maiden. Um, I wanted her to the, her to actually be called Iron Maiden at some point, but I also understand that uh, that might not have... Uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> have some copyright My... infringement. Yeah, a little, little bit. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't, I wanted a little bit more from that character and didn't quite get it, you know? Right. Right. Um, I mean, it's also interesting that you don't get as much when, okay, breaking it down and just looking at the, the main characters, ignoring like henchmen and and all the, the secondary stuff, right? There are only six characters in this movie. There's the family of four, Mm -hmm. there's Drakov and there's Antonia. There's Taskmaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. So the fact that you're not spending a little time to just kind of give us the background, like, give me more background on, on uh, Melina. Like, tell yeah. me more about the Iron Widow. And you can spare Is three or four. Is it Iron Widow or Iron Maiden? Iron Maiden. Maiden. Iron, Iron Maiden. Maiden. Um, you can I spare. I want to call her Iron Widno- Widow all the time, too, because yeah. Iron Maiden is a band. Right. Um, but <laughs> excellent. Uh, but it's like three or four minutes, five at most. Just a 
like a conversation because it goes straight from like exposing that it's really Nat as her, you know, facing Dracov, but it goes back, it flashes back and it's only got 15 seconds worth of they'll be here any minute. Uh, this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, okay, but go back the three to four minutes before that, where she makes the active decision to help them. Right. You know, instead yeah. of what the plan is, tell me why. Yeah. You know, even a line of is, is it's still better to have the line of I've always thought about you or you're my biggest regret or whatever. There was a line like that. I thought. I didn't. I, I was specifically looking for it on okay. my second watch through. Okay, because I <laughs> I do feel like there was a moment of you know that regret of not being there to see the girls growing up and and that she missed them and that there was a, a connection there beyond duty and a job. See, you don't even have to say it. Like I'm just that's what I'm saying. And thinking about it, like. Nat and Yelena are just walking around her house, right? Yeah. So maybe in her bedroom in a drawer is like she has been following their progress through the red room because she has access. Right. You know? So she's at least been keeping track of them, and they are the only two that she has really kept track of. Newspaper clippings of Nat in the Avengers, like something. The thing that yeah. I'm thinking of is when – I don't know if she shows it to – the girls, the women who are now who were her girls, or if they come upon it while wandering around her house, but she still has the photo albums of them as kids. Right. Which why would she hang on to that? She doesn't need it for a cover. That's where I got that where there was feeling there beyond, you know, just See, and I guess to me, I lost that point because it was used as a background to explain how they posed as a family because Yelena talks about how they had to take every, oh no, Nat talks about how they had to take pictures for every holiday mm -hmm. in one day. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where my focus went to, like having its own moment of. But yeah. for me, if, th if this is truly a woman who did not care about these children, mm -hmm. why would she still have those photos? I agree. You I know? agree. So to me, that was the connection. Tenuous, but right. still a connection. Yeah. Right. I mean, at least Alexei had both the girls' names tattooed on him, which I thought was a very <laughs> yes. cute and subtle yes. detail. That was very sweet. Yes. Um, that was that was that was very heartwarming because I did catch that and I was like, oh my gosh, that's adorable. Well, and that's um, the other thing is it switches the masculine and feminine traditional roles yeah. because Alexi sure. has absolutely no problem talking about how proud he is of his girls and how much he loves them. Mm -hmm. And like from the beginning where they, where they like land and he's like, you have killed so many people <laughs> and like, they're really uncomfortable with it, but that's, that's his love language. That's yeah. him showing yeah. that he loves them. And like, he recognizes yeah. Nat, as soon as they come to get him. Right. Like in the prison, like he looks up, he sees Nat in the helicopter and he knows who she is. Yeah. But yes, you're absolutely right. The tattoos mm -hmm. of their names is awesome. The tattoos in general. Okay. If you just pause. Yes. Thank you for pausing <laughs> because Josh knows I have just an, okay, it's not unreasonable because I, I just love Russian prison tattoos. I think they're amazing. <laughs> They are gorgeous. They're really neat. They are neat. Oh my God. I love them. 
So yeah, just having like that display of Russian prison tattoos, I was like, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. So as an as an aside, because now I'm thinking about that scene where he talks about how where he brags about how he how he fought Captain America. Yes. And, uh, and, so, and like, somebody says the thing that everybody else is thinking that entire time of wouldn't he have been in the ice? Like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, the biggest dude that sits down in front of him, right, is like. Well, what what year was that? So, um, oh, it was this year and eighty four, eighty five. Yeah, he's just like Captain America was still in the ice. Are you calling me a liar? <laughs> Snap! <laughs> Breaks his arm. So the discourse, the discourse around that was like, well, how could he have been? How could he have fought Captain America if Captain America was in the ice? And um, you know, with with people saying, you know, like either he was he was just lying to you know to be to be braggadocious essentially or or whatnot um but they did forget the key element uh that we learned in falcon and winter soldier is that there have been other captain Americas. several yeah mm -hmm. he did not say i fought steve rogers he said right. i fought captain america which right. is a very important distinction um especially you know during that time because as we learned you know we they they had they had several of them you know isaiah bradley um right. being mm -hmm. one you know and and so this wasn't a weird uh, slip up on the part of the writers. This wasn't a case where um, they, or even a joke. And Alexi's not lying or not necessarily right. lying. Right. Exactly. Like he very well could have done. Um, and, and he could have fought a guy in a Captain America suit. You know, that's absolutely plausible. Well, and, and one thing that Marvel is good at doing is, putting in something early on or in an earlier movie that people are like, oh, that's that seems out of place or whatever. And then it paying off later. Yeah, like several movies later. Yes. <laughs> so I'm wondering if the Dark Avengers, Thunderbolts, whatever they end up doing, uh, you know, where they bring Yelena and uh, U.S. Agent and all these people that they've been, you know, kind of kind of whole cloth alluding to. As their own team under uh, uh, Madame Hydra, um, if Alexi will show up and like have a line to U.S. agent of being like, "You're an okay Captain America. You're not as good as the one that I fought." Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that would be that would be very cool. Um, but yeah, no that 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 was extremely uh, that was extremely enjoyable. I, I did like that a lot, and and it did, and like you said, it, it paid off in the series. Like if you were paying yeah. attention, you would have put two and two together and been like, oh wait a minute, that could have happened, you know. <laughs> so anything else on the movie? You know, I have one thing to say. One thing, and it was when you first watched the movie, and you were just like, uh, I don't, I didn't, I didn't really like it, and the thought that went through my brain immediately was how could you not like this movie this movie is everything that you've ever wanted in a saints row video game <laughs> there was there, there was, was no one beaten to death by a giant dildo falling out of the sky it's true having a fight falling out of the sky like this is this is right up your alley as you said it and i was just like how how did you not like this movie I, I did like that part of saints row for sure that was a great scene <laughs> <laughs> um I think, like I said, I would have enjoyed it more if it was not tied to the greater MCU. Um, and I think it was my expectations for, at this point, I expect every MCU movie to add to the narrative and move forward. Um, this did not, 
A, because it happened in the past after Nat's already dead anyway. So what are we even doing here? Um, it's, it's the same problem that I had with the first season of uh, spoilers for Star Trek Discovery. Uh, <laughs> it happens like 15 years, 10 to 15 years before the original Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but what are the stakes here? What's going to happen that changes anything? And then they have a, a warp thing and go to the future, like way in the future, like past the card. I'm like, okay, now I'm invested in the show because you are building on the story. You are, you are adding things that, that progress the greater narrative. And Black Widow didn't do that. Like Yelena can show up anytime yeah. with just an excuse of, oh yeah, I was Nat's sister. I mean, right. But she doesn't even need that. Yeah. That's the thing that, that was disappointing to me. I was excited for her introduction. Right. But this was not a very, I didn't think, even though that that's kind of what the movie felt like it was about. Yeah. And I didn't think it was that, I feel like there could have been better movies to introduce Yelena. Agreed. Totally sure. agreed. Like, and I wouldn't you, have been yeah. mad if they introduced her in the upcoming Hawkeye series. Yeah. Right? That would have been appropriate, and I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Which reminds me to check if she's going to show up. In, she is yes. going to show up in Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yes, she is. <laughs> I can't wait for that show. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be so good. Uh, okay, so I do uh, want to talk a little bit uh, about, well, what it'll be is the three of us telling Bear why he should read the new Black Widow uh, oh, God. Um, so Leia was the one that told me about it and she was like she just sent me like basically frames from it <laughs> but she's like this is fantastic it is it is a great uh, spy uh, Black Widow it's got Fractions Hawkeye that shows up in it Bucky shows up in it Yelena's in it a bunch I mean it's just it's the long kiss goodnight it is yes very much so. Okay. Now I also need to get into what the fuck Alexi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because he is listed as enemy, ally, husband, ex-husband of <laughs> Natasha. Father. Yep. And yeah. no, well, no, no not father, father. Not in this one. Not in the no. comic. Not in the oh, comic. Not in the comic. Um, but my argument is if he is an a- sometimes ally... These people all know each other and their history. If he's actually working to protect the Black Widow, how are the other baddies blind to that? Because if it's happened in the past, how how is he not... How do they keep inviting him back into these circles, these cabals? So without <laughs> giving a bunch of spoilers for the comic book well, that I like, would really like a bunch of people to read. I have a quick answer that I, I want to I wanna throw I out. Have I have actual answers. No, but this one's okay. funny because it's, it's like when you keep getting Pip showing up in your vampire LARP and <laughs> it's just terrible. You know, you get somebody that does, doesn't understand yet. Um, there are two greater sins before that one. I do not have an actual answer, uh, but there are two greater sins before that. The first one is if you have somebody unconscious in front of you to the point where you're going to yeah. put them in a lab and maybe implant for stuff in weeks. them for four weeks. Um, you can't then talk about how they're unkillable because you could have killed them right. when they were unconscious and under your control. Uh, and I had a number two, I'm trying to remember what it is. Was it a solid number two? <laughs> no, always lose. Um, 
I should add too, if you are looking to, uh, if any any listeners are out there uh, looking to pick up the latest Black Widow run, it is the one being done by uh, Kelly Thompson and drawn by uh, Elena Casagrande. Yes. And uh, it is specific. gorgeous. Yes, it's it gorgeous. I really yeah, like the art. It's an all it's an all female team, uh, which I really appreciate. Um, there's no single person that's working on it. I don't think uh, that isn't a woman, so that's very helpful. Um, because this time around, they actually get the characterization correct. They pull up a lot of long-standing loose threads and finally, um, you know, tie them together. Um, you know, or tie them off as, as it goes. And, uh, it's just, it's a really, really brilliant little piece of, of writing. And it is ongoing, so it's not done yet, which is great. I right. love that. <laughs> well, and I haven't, I'm only six issues in, so I still have a little bit to go of what's out there okay. still, still. Yeah. But I'm but liking it least, a lot. You've at least gotten through the first arc because there's, yeah. they just yeah. started a third. So, because I have, I have them all here in front of me. So I'm on, yeah, 11 was the most recent. Uh, 12 this week. 12. Oh, 12 was this week. That's right. Oh my God. I got to go I to the store. Ooh. <laughs> um, but the other question I had, which is completely aside and really not that important, but what the fuck is up with Weeping Lion? <laughs> oh boy. He's not great. He's, He's not terrible. Great. Also, I love, there's like this little, like, I think one panel where they're like, apparently he's his dead cousins in one body. Yeah. Yeah. He wears the skins of his cousins. And didn't, well, but that's not what this says. It's like in, it's all of them in one body somehow. And that um, Hawkeye's arrow to the eye through his viewfinder on his sniper rifle didn't kill him. He just lost an eye. (laughs) And I'm like, um, lobotomy much? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I'm still stuck on wearing the skins of his cousins. Well, it didn't look like, because he was wearing a balaclava. He wasn't wearing, like, in the comic, he's not wearing, it's not like was he looks. Was the balaclava made out of skins? No, it looked like it was knit. <laughs> oh. Um, it, you know, it's not like, uh, what was the name? Buffalo Bill. In, yeah. in Silence of the Silence Lambs. Of the <laughs> it wasn't like that. <laughs> Put the lotion yeah. on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yeah, he looked kind of like Vulture. You know, he was wearing like a, a coat with a fur thing around his neck and then the balaclava. You sure that wasn't just a pit bull? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was just checking. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I, was, I was like, what the fuck? And the bad guys in this run were like, I mean... Madam Hydra is legit, but the yeah, other ones yeah. were pretty Weep- lame. Weeping Lion is an old enemy of hers, so like he's kind of obscure. Um, so I was surprised to see him show up. Um, but I really did like the um at least you know, especially in the, the very first, the beginning arc, um, the kind of reckoning that uh she faces with all of her past coming back to to be uh like I essentially reconstituted in, in into this false identity um, and all of these past relationships that she's had with these, these, you know, with Clint, with Bucky, you know, whatever. Mm, right. With um, Daredevil. Yeah. With Daredevil, yep. with Steve, with Logan, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, um, and kind of instead of, they could have taken the route that so many of her writers have done before and just been like, oh, it's because she's just a big hoe and she doesn't have any feelings. 
Um, and you know, so she was just kind of using them to get off or whatever, or to get information or what have you. Um, but in this one, they actually did make her a person with feelings. Like she has a child, she has a husband, like she has a life Yeah, and it is all just an illusion. You know, it's all, and then it's all brutally ripped away from her and she has feelings about that it's not just like oh oh well well that sucked but it's over now you know <laughs> right because it, yeah it's like I, I there were a lot of details that were made like that that made it um very poignant but also yeah. like madam hydra this, there are a lot i'm giving a lot of spoilers i'm but please read it because it's very <laughs> yeah. good but Madam Hydra's like, I have something big going on, so I needed her off the table. And it's like, you had her, like Josh said, literally, she was unconscious. <laughs> you could have killed her. But it seems like there's needed something. Her off the table for well, those but four it's months. yeah, but it's like it seems like maybe Madam Hydra wants or needs her around for some reason. So you know, that's the only thing I could. That's the only plausible reason that I can come up with that she wouldn't just gack her on the table. Yeah. So, like minor spoilers for the comic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did remember one point uh, that we were going to come back to that I wanted to talk about. And it's the difference in how Nat and Yelena uh, approach the idea of the sterilization in the Red Room. Um, which... <coughs> I will say are very indicative of their characters. Um, and it leads me to a larger point about Nat. But first I want to talk about how, yeah, Nat's whole thing is like, it's a, it's a very somber moment. Like Leia said, kind of coming out of nowhere for no reason, uh, about how because she can't have kids, she's a monster. Um, whereas Yelena like plays it off as a joke to discussed alexi and it's implied in there also you did this to us right you gave right. us to them and so this and you is knew what they were going to do to us and you yeah and you knew what was going to happen but let, i'm now going to go into intricate detail on mm-hmm. all the things that they took out of our bodies and how you know um but i i wanted to touch on that for a second is is because i found that very indicative of kind of their characters in general um and it really brought a focus for me into nat just in the mcu um doesn't seem like she's ever having a good time or doesn't just i mean it goes back to her sense of humor being very wry or very sarcastic um whereas yelena's just like full of life and very i mean yeah yeah and i think you know it could be that we don't really know what Elaine has been up to mm-hmm. in the interim. We know what Nat's been up to, you know, between, between her first appearance in the MCU and present day, we know, we know all of what she's been up to, but we haven't seen Elena before. So we don't know what she's been doing. She could have been being a greeter at Walmart for the past couple of years. Who knows? Like, you know, and so maybe she's had different opportunities to, you know, kind of uh embrace life as it were um and and nat has been very and that's the other thing too is you kind of get you definitely get the dynamic of like nat's the more serious the older sister you know like Mm -hmm. (laughs) right but i mean even even going back to the to the age of ultron relationship um you're right it did they didn't play like they had any chemistry at all or that they were like in love or whatever 
it almost to me now that I've seen Black Widow and and have seen the character's full arc, it seems like she was more like, eh, well, I was bored and Bruce was there. Yeah, and that's something that you get is sometimes from like again from the earlier comics, yeah. um, in terms of her relationships. But that's not her in the MCU. Like, what are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. Like, why is this here? What? What? Who asked for this? Not a soul. Right. <laughs> Yeah. At one point, do you stop just being glad that they included her and start being critical of, you know, she's not really much of a character, right? Yeah. 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 Even in her own movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just a shame. Like they could have done so much better, (laughs) but yeah, I mean the, 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 the forced sterilization thing to get to your original point, um, was something that, uh, Again, I'm not clear on why it was ever included as a character uh, development at all. Why was this here? What is the point? Is it just to explain why Natasha, an adult woman, has no children? Like, is it also is-, is it also just a further showing of control of the Russian government? Um, didn't they mention in was it Age of Ultron when they were back at the farm at Clint's farm? Yeah. Um, didn't Banner mention something about not seeing any kind of future here? I thought there was a line out of him at some point in time. Nat says that. Nat says that. To Bruce. Okay. And it's part of the whole, I don't have a uterus, so I'm a monster thing that. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's just a horrible statement in general. Yeah. Um, Right. But that's where I was going with it. I was like, I, I knew that line came up somewhere. One of the two of them said it. Um, of, the, of there not being a future here. Um, and I thought they kind of, kind of, uh, again, it's been a while. I haven't watched these as recently as you guys have. Um, I thought that kind of got resolved somewhere in that conversation of that's not, it's not a big deal because of this and, you know, this. It didn't get resolved because, as you remember, Bruce <clears throat> shot himself into a, uh, into space. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, he had to, they had to shoot have him shoot himself into space because if they would have actually followed the, comic, the rest yeah. of the comic book yeah. storyline, yeah. that would have just been problematic. Yeah. Right. Well, um, good news for, for you, Bear. Um, they did, I believe, I just recently read something about how they are going to be making a World War Hulk movie. Who's uh, distributing it? I have no idea. Because currently, the reason why we haven't seen a Hulk movie since... Uh, the Hulk and the Incredible Hulk is because uh, Universal has distribution rights to any movie in which the Hulk is the main title character. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And again, it, that's a, it's a rumor, not a fact. But um... <laughs> uh, so, post the She-Hulk show, they, they yeah. said She-Hulk, and that is the Planet Hulk. <laughs> mm. Okay, and it's just. And all it is is just a memo. Like I could just see the facts coming in over at Universal. It's just like a, a, a dot matrix middle <laughs> finger. Can it please be in ASCII? <laughs> I love it. Oh my god! <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah. so Leia, this is probably a dumb question, but will you keep reading uh, this comic? Yeah, absolutely. The current run especially has been very good. Like I I followed most of the um most of the the more modern arcs of Black Widow cuz again, she is my favorite. Mm-hmm. But um 
I think this one has been finally the one where they are doing right by the character and they're mm-hmm. making her interesting. They're giving her a personality. They're giving her stuff to do. Um, it's action packed. She's able to show off her skills, but she is also not just girl with gun, you know? Um, I will also it's say it's really they, excellent. They do a lot of other characters that you may not be as familiar with in an awesome way too. They, they bring in Arya who was Aranya, uh, now known as Spider Girl because Spider Woman, uh, Jessica Drew, uh, called her that once and it stuck, uh, which I love. She's had like <laughs> a dozen names. Um, but that character, fantastic. Uh, they introduce new characters. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of Bucky and Clint showing up every once in a while, it's generally a female led team, uh, by the end, yeah. of, by the current part of this run. And just really refreshing, a really well done yeah. comic. Um, and and even um, even Bucky and Clint showing up. So this has been a, pa- a little bit of a pattern in, in a couple of books that have come out previous to this. Um, the original being Black Widow Hunt. And then um, there was a more recent one uh, with Hawkeye and the Winter Soldier. And I'm totally blanking on the name, but it's very good. Um, where they are looking for Black Widow. Like they are trying to find her for... The differing reasons. Um, that was they the one that I actually up, sent you. Though, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they 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 often team up, even though they they clearly cannot stand each other, and they are not uh, similar personality types at all. But right. they play off of each other so well, and their only commonality is how much they both very much, very very much, very deeply love Natasha, which is great. I think that is incredibly good because in in all of these these plots that have come prior to this of course they're not trying to rescue her they just want to know if she's okay you know like she's done a disappearing act again and they want to find and make you find out and make sure she's still alive you know type of right. situation it's um, very similar so to- oh, go ahead oh no i was just gonna say i did appreciate them uh showing up in this one as well um you know and and kind of reconciling some stuff with her especially with uh uh, Bucky and Nat reconciling the fact that um, in the original uh, ages ago, the original Winter Soldier run, uh, Brubaker did not get to finish the comic uh, that he wanted to do and thus left the plot thread hanging that Natasha was mind wiped and couldn't remember, could remember everything except their relationship when her memory was restored. And so for the past 10 some over 10 years, uh, this thread has been hanging in the air of like, Bucky loves her from afar, but doesn't want to bring up the fact that they had an entire romantic relationship, like years long romantic relationship. Um, and, uh, and Nat has no knowledge of it, no memory of it happening at all. And so that was just kind of left hanging for ages. And I was like, come on, man. And this, they finally mm-hmm. wrapped it up very neatly in this one when in a way that is really respectful to both the characters. So I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, yeah. I was about to say that that relationship between, uh, Bucky and Clint, uh, I can tell that it was used for Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it's a similar, <laughs> I love this person, you love this person, but we we are not buds. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we are not friends. Yeah. So, Jen, will you, uh, you're on issue six. Yep. You got six more. Are yep. you interested? Yeah, I'll keep reading it. Okay. I, I've been keep reading it, but. Bear, based on what we've been saying, are you uh, are you interested? I mean, I read through the the first set, um, the Itsy Bitsy Spider, and really enjoyed that. Um, uh, I will definitely, when I have time, go through and uh, read through the new run. It sounds amazing. Yeah, awesome. it's really good. Highly recommended. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, five, Leia, five. We'll do again. <laughs> <laughs> Leia, thank you for joining us again. Uh, I will see you tomorrow as we do our yes. Rhett Conversations episode as you get to explain uh, Tom King's Mr. Miracle. I can't uh, wait. <laughs> uh, I'm reading it now. It, it is interesting. I will say I am surprised it's not a vertigo. Um, that's how yeah. good it is. Most usually when something's this good in DC, they shoved it into vertigo. Uh, just, just to give uh, listeners at home an indication of how, how highly I regard this particular arc. Uh, somebody asked me at the uh, end of uh, the year in 2009, what my best comic, like what, what my favorite comic run was of the past decade. Like what, what did I think was the best? And I, um, if you, again, if you know me, you'll know I'm mainly a Marvel person. I don't talk with DC too much. Um, but I was like, hands down, no hesitation. It was Mr. Miracle, that best comic book in the decade. And they were like, wow. what? I've, I've never heard of this. And I, I don't even know who the character is. And it's a DC imprint. Um, okay. So about four people went out and they bought a copy of it just based on my recommendation. Every single one of them came back to me and were like, holy shit, you were right. <laughs> so I'm really excited yeah. to be discussing it for uh, for tomorrow. That'll be it'll be amazing. And we will be uh, explaining it to a friend of the show, J.R. Cillian Green. Uh, <laughs> Killian, Killian Green. Yeah. To see <laughs> before foul. <laughs> <laughs> fuck your british isles <laughs> uh but tune in next time uh to graphically novel where we will be talking loki and in fact we will have a loki variant here to right. discuss loki as wow. we're That's gonna do our best to make like sure that. he doesn't get yeah. pruned yep yeah and all four of us <laughs> will be here in the studio no no uh Loki's actually coming here down from the frozen north of, of Wisconsin. The frozen, like, couple hours away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, until then, take it away, Vandello. You don't want to see my back.
Stop okay, did that work? Door. Yeah. Okay. Very good. You um, are your right. clear, concise, wonderful self again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you said clear. Like for some reason, I heard you are your queer, concise, wonderful self again. I'm like, well, also accurate. Also accurate, yeah. but okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's out of line, but he's not wrong. <laughs> 